This is Chris Dufault. I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Kirkston, Minnesota. I'm pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan. We'll have an update from Whitney Pittman as well. But first, we begin in New Orleans, a site of the Cattle Industry Convention and Trade Show. Here's Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster, Sierra Doctor. Analysts and livestock producers are keeping a close eye on the cattle cycle to see how supply and demand shifts. During the National Cattlemen's Convention and NCBA trade show, senior animal rabble research protein analyst Lance Zimmerman says there's some comparisons to 2014, but cow herd expansion may be at a slower pace. We have a lot of headwinds that are different than in the past uh, that when we compare the next 10 years to the 10-year period we just went through are probably going to mean a slower, more methodical cowherd expansion than the one we just went through. I mean, one of the big things is recognizing just how extreme the recent liquidation has been. And you say, well, Lance, you're looking forward. Why would you look back on that? And the biggest reason is how extreme our liquidation was dictates how many females are in those cow herds to rebuild again. And we went through a record large culling rate this past year, 13.5%, which is a new record by a full percentage point. So there's not as many cows to begin with. Then we sent an incredibly high number of heifers onto feed yards. Zimmerman says competition with other proteins could sway consumers' choices. And then there's a lot of other headwinds. One, at the prior cycle, we were sitting there with per capita beef, pork, and poultry consumption at about 180 pounds a person. Today, total protein consumption is about 210. So there's 30 pounds more beef, pork, and poultry on the market. Back then, uh, the prior cycle expansion, consumers were essentially starved for animal protein. It was the tightest pork, beef, and uh, chicken supply we'd seen since the 1990s. Today, they have ample supplies, and so to just assume Tighter supplies will mean higher beef prices and then we can get higher cattle prices to go with it. It's going to be a more challenging environment. The consumers really stressed today. Lots of inflationary pressures. Our coverage of the National Cattlemen's Convention and NCBA trade show is sponsored by Zoetis, A Country Farm Credit Services, Minnesota Beef Council, North Dakota Stockmen's Association, and North Dakota Beef Council. Brought to you by North Dakota Beef Farmers and Ranchers through the Beef Checkoff. Reporting Agriculture's Business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. South Dakota Cattlemen's Association President Eric Jennings had a full slate of policy meetings at this week's Cattlemen's Convention. I participated in the Federal Lands uh, Committee meeting. Uh, you know, that's uh, pretty typical stuff in there. BLM is rewriting their regula grazing regulations. So that's a, that's a long process when they do that with uh, scoping and, and uh comment periods and then record of decisions but finally at the end but but there are several different drafts and and alternatives that go through that so it's, it's a pretty big deal uh, that sets the the kind of the theme and the objectives uh, for the land managers uh, out in the local offices so that's very important to be involved in that process Jennings says South Dakota Cattlemen's Association stays true to its grassroots and members and can bring local or regional concerns to the national level to be addressed. You know, there's new policies that are being proposed at all of these committees, so we sure take a look at those policies and see how it fits in with our state policy. Uh, and, and if there's a concern, uh, we can sure stand up and, and bring it up as they uh, move for adoption of the policy. We have a chance to discuss it. So, you know, if uh, you're, you're, you have an opportunity for your voice to be heard, you just have to get up off your seat and participate. North Dakota Congressman Kelly Armstrong says the waters of the United States rule is detrimental to farmers and ranchers 
across the northern plains. It's an existential crisis to North Dakota. You know, we have easement issues and wetland easement issues and wildlife issues and all of this, but waters of the United States is something that every single egg producer, every single cattle rancher is fully aware of because they know what it means if the federal government is now knocking on their door before they can, they can plant a soybean crop or they can run, run some cows on their grazing pasture. I think one of the biggest mistakes that they make out here is they think the difference is federal regulation or no regulation. We're not asking for no regulation. We've never asked for no regulation, but why don't we let an egg-producing state make the determinations on how to, how to regulate the land that we're producing the, producing the products the world needs on. Armstrong is part of a Congressional Review Act petition regarding the Biden administration's WOTUS rule. If passed, uh, it forces Congress to act on an administrative ruling that has a negative impact The U.S. Senate also passing a similar Congressional Review Act petition, uh, all on party line votes. For more information from the Red River Farm Network, you can visit Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, you can find all of our stories, podcasts at rrfn.com. This is the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The current farm program expires at the end of September. Minnesota Association of Wheat Growers President Mike Gunderson doubts a new farm bill can be passed by that time. More than likely, it looks like it's going to have to be an extension. Uh, they probably don't want to admit to that yet, but uh, I just we haven't been having the, the farm bill hearings out in the country, and uh, you know we realize it's really probably not going to get done. Um, but so I think that's part of our, our push to get those hearings going. Gunderson would like to see a stronger safety net rather than relying on ad hoc disaster programs. As farmers, we want to be able to rely on that safety net all the time and not hopefully need an additional thing coming. So so we need to look how we can enhance that, and that's probably a priority, I think, for basically all commodities because it's uh, it's how we know we can go to our lender and uh, be secure that everyone hopefully gets paid to, paid back. Neither party has an overwhelming majority in Congress. Minnesota Representative Michelle Fishbach sees a silver lining to that situation. Well, you know, I see it as, a, as an opportunity because I think then you're going to get bills that reflect the, what everybody needs and what things we need, what the, what the country needs, what the country wants, you know, as we negotiate those things. We can't just put something out and say, okay, take it or leave it. We're going to have to be talking about it and make sure it fits what people need. Speaker Kevin McCarthy has agreed to an open rule leaving the possibility for hundreds of amendments to a bill that could be a negative situation with a complex farm bill. Fishbach is a member of the House Rules Committee and believes this can be addressed. Each each bill gets a different rule and yes we did have an open rule which means free amendments on the floor. But, you know, as we look at some of those bills, and I think the farm bill is probably a little more delicate, you'll probably see either a structured rule or potentially a closed rule where there won't be um, amendments on the floor, but amendments in other, you know, in the other committees. Fishbach is also a member of the powerful Ways and Means Committee, which has jurisdiction on everything from taxes to trade. House Agriculture Committee Chair Glenn G.T. Thompson has named his subcommittee chairs. South Dakota Congressman Dusty Johnson will lead the Commodity Markets, Digital Assets, and Rural Development Subcommittee. Minnesota Congressman Brad Finstead is leading the Subcommittee on Nutrition, Foreign Agriculture, and Horticulture. Minnesota is on the path for 100% carbon-free energy by 2040. The bill passed with a one-vote margin in the state Senate. The House passed a similar measure last week. 
If signed by Governor Walls, Minnesota utility companies must be 80% renewable energy generation by 2030. The Minnesota House Agriculture Finance and Policy Committee is working on a bill delivering $1 million per year for county ag inspectors. The bill takes a proactive approach to controlling noxious weeds. The amended version of the bill was laid over for possible insertion into an omnibus bill. AgriSampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith says the grain market seems very cautious. We're seeing some mixed mixed behavior at best in some of the outside markets. Crude oil is a little higher today, but it's well off the highs, and that's probably generally a good thing. Um, but you look at risk assets, for example, like gold. Gold traded to a new high overnight up to 1975 and then just fell out of bed. It's trading $45 off of that. So that may be indicating that we're seeing a little bit of nervousness. Smith says yesterday's market action was unusual. It's kind of a strange day coming off of the Fed. Interest rates are generally lower. We saw Europe hike rates. Um, so we're kind of in an unstable state right now, and some of this is reflecting back into the grains. And, of course, with the grain markets, we're about to begin our uh, – our great debate about acreage. Brazil is implementing a 16% tariff on ethanol imports until the end of the year. That tax will increase to 18% next year. The Renewable Fuels Association is disappointed, saying the U.S. and Brazil should be working together and impose, and, uh, rather than imposing protectionist policies. The Surface Transportation Board Office of Environmental Analysis has released the final environmental impact statement for the proposed merger of the Canadian Pacific and Kansas City Southern Railroads. The STB is expected to make its final decision on that merger within the next month. Global food prices have declined for the 10th month in a row. The United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization says prices are down 18% from the high point in March of 2022. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Sub-zero temps can make looking ahead to spring planting season seem far away. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more on that spring season. Planning for 2023 is underway. Channel Seed agronomist Derek Crompton says he's expecting strong corn acres to go in this spring. You know, I think the, the corn and soybean uh, insurance numbers came out. They look, they look pretty attractive, right? So looks like we're going to have a good strong corn year. I, and again, I'm hoping Daryl's right. It looks like it should be a normal spring. So we hope that corn gets planted. And it uh, looks like going to be uh, corn is fun. It's, it's fun to grow. It's fun to look at as an agronomist. But uh, I hope it's going to be a good, strong corn year for everybody. Crompton is excited for a favorable weather outlook and new seed technologies this year. The products today are not like what we had 10 years ago. And Daryl Richardson, my good buddy, tells me it's going to be a better year than last year and a little more rain, so let's hope he's right. Looking forward to a lot of good things when it comes to new technologies and just new products with the Channel brand. So we got some nice corn coming in the lineup. 84 days, some 90-day stuff. Looks like it's really powerful. And on the soybean sides for the, for the new ExtendFlex beans, got some really nice stuff coming as well, some good offense good good defense so it's kind of taking that pipeline to get a, a while to get going you know once you jumped into the extend flex but right now some really nice stuff coming up reporting agriculture's business on the red river farm network 
I'm Whitney Pittman. During the fourth quarter, grain inspections from major U.S. ports topped 38 million metric tons. That's down 12% from the fourth quarter of 2021. For the Pacific Northwest, grain inspections were 11 million metric tons, a 9% drop from last year. Fourth quarter PNW corn inspections dropped 34%. Soybean inspections declined 11%. Wheat inspections increased 22%. According to the National Ag Statistics Service, U.S. wheat flour production reached an all-time high in 2022. Flour production topped 430 million hundredweight, 9 million hundredweight more than 2021. This past year's wheat grind was up 1.7% to 929 million bushels. In the markets as we speak, we're down five and a half cents for Minneapolis wheat March at 919 and a quarter. Chicago wheat for March down three and three quarters. Hard red winter wheat, same contract, down seven. March corn down three and a quarter with new crop down two and a half. Soybeans, March a penny down, 1533 and a quarter. New crop soybeans down by one and three quarter cents. As we check in on the farm calendar, of course, the cattle industry convention and trade show continuing in New Orleans. We've got uh, convention coverage with uh, Sierra Doctor uh, here on the Red River Farm Network. On the calendar, the best of the best in wheat and soybean research coming up next week, Wednesday at the Alera Center, Grand Forks, Thursday of next week at the Courtyard by Marriott in Moorhead. Again, the annual best of the best in wheat and soybean research. And the North Dakota Livestock Alliance Livestock Summit is coming up on February 8th. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.